Hello and welcome to another episode of Behind the Lens with EDL. I'm your host EDL and I am super excited to be interviewing athletes that I've captured on camera over the years. We discuss everything from their career in sports, any struggles they've dealt with in real life or in their sport, um, and then we always end with some fun uh, stories about some of the background of the photos that I've captured them. Um, for this episode, I sit down with a Cortland volleyball player, someone that I am really blessed to call a friend, um, and we discuss her career, uh, actually how a sport management class in college kind of shaped who she is today, which I think is was one of my favorite stories to listen to. Um, we discuss mental health a lot. Actually, like I could, we could have had an entire episode on it, so I really think you'll enjoy that, um, as well as just being a woman in sport and how we're both in a male-dominated industry and how that's affected our lives but also hasn't and how we're being successful despite that. So I really hope you guys enjoy it um, and let's just jump right into it. All right. Hello. How are you? I'm great, Erin. How are you today? I'm fantastic. I have my second recording in two days and I am loving it. It's so fun. Good. Yeah. Yeah. This has been a lot of fun. And you're the first woman that I've had on. So I'm like even more excited. So it should be a good conversation. I was talking to a Columbia football player yesterday and we actually talked a little bit about like women in sports and I was getting so fired up and I was like, I cannot wait to finally be able to talk to someone that is a woman to be like, don't you feel the same way? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm so happy to be joining you. And yeah. Um, yeah, happy that you're doing this. I'm really excited for you. And uh, yeah, I, I being a woman in sport is not easy. Um, and I think we both can attest to that. Yes. Um, but it has lots of rewards to it. It 100% does. And we will get into that. First, I want everyone to know who you are. So introduce yourself, where you went to school, both high school and college, um, what sports you played, what your major was, and then a little bit about what you're doing now. A little bit because your story of what you're doing now and how you got to where you are. I think it's like, we could get into that a little bit too, (laughs) since I do know that since we are friends. But uh, yeah, just a little background so that everyone listening can get to know who you are. So my name is Sarah Piacentini. I went to high school at Webster Schrader High School in Webster, New York, or sub, which is a suburb of Rochester. Um, and I went to college in to SUNY Cortland, which is just out of Syracuse. Go yes. State. Yes, go Red Dragons. <laughs> Red Dragons. But I played volleyball as my main sport, but I also ran track and field and and just, you know, I would always play pickup sports. I was the person that spent every study hall I ever had in high school in phys ed. (laughs) My kind of person. I like that. I like that. Amazing. Yeah. And uh, when I first went to Cortland, I was a phys ed major because that's what I thought I wanted to do. And then um, after my first year kind of took a turn uh, and switched it to sport management because I, I wanted to be more on the business side. I had this mm-hmm. dream that I was wanted to um, still have this dream that I want to have my own volleyball club team and complex and, and maybe have to grow into something bigger. Um, so when I realized that it wasn't just coaching and, and 
teaching athletes. It was more yeah. I wanted to learn the business. I switched over to sport management and uh, never looked back. <laughs> I did not. I did not know that you were a phys ed major. You are a year or two years younger than me, like with Cortland. So it makes sense that you would know because I was phys ed. So like if you had been in phys ed, I would have known. Yeah. I did not know that you were. I knew you were sport management because that's where I'm, you know. Wow. Yeah. And so, now? And now here I am, a sports fitness woman. <laughs> I, so I've been working for Chelsea Pierce Fitness now uh, for two years. Uh, next month, well, like two weeks from now, actually makes it two years, which is really exciting. Um, I started there just working at the front desk. They didn't have a position, but when they met me, they were like, we're going to meet. We just want you here. It uh, doesn't matter what you're doing. And and then just quickly kind of climbed the ranks. And now I'm a director of operations at the Chelsea location, which is the largest facility, largest uh, fitness facility in all of New York. Um, it's 150,000 square feet. We have like offer pretty much every sport you can imagine. We have a 400 meter track indoors. We have a six lane pool. Um, we have five, five fitness studios, which pre COVID we were running 160 classes per week, but right now we're just doing about 30 outdoor classes. Okay. Um, we do have sun decks and we have outdoor space, which, which allows us to do that, which is, which is pretty unique in this new time oh. <laughs> but we also and then uh we have a rock wall three basketball courts indoor sand volleyball um indoor sand volleyball yeah we're the oh, this is my favorite part of this place is that it's my little oasis it's the only indoor sand volleyball court in all of new york it's so crazy um but i have it why did i not know that i want to come <laughs> that's so fun it is so, fun. so yeah it's wow been, but I love where I am right now. It's It's been good to me. Life has been good. <laughs> oh, my God. Also, I cannot believe it's been two years because I feel like you just moved to the city. Like, I remember when you just moved to the city and I and like I you had a picture, you know, down kind of near Brooklyn, I want to say, or like down by like the seaport area. And I was just like, you're living in New York. Like, hang out. Like, let me come visit you. So yeah. it gives you a reason to go to New York. And like, we, we like knew each other. Cause like I took photos, but we weren't friends in co college. Cause I was older than you. And we just did. And I, did, I wasn't friends with a lot of the athletes. I just knew them. You know, we all knew who you were. We were like, Oh, Aaron's here. Like, look at that. <laughs> I always love hearing that. That's so funny to me, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I don't know. I was just like, Oh, she was always really nice to me when I was taking photos, so I'll reach out and say like, hi, I need friends. I don't have friends at home. Like I need someone to go see. Yeah. And I can't believe that was two years ago. Yeah. Me either. It, it feels like, uh, like yesterday I'm like, whoa. Um, and even just a year ago, I started my new position as director and exactly. like, that, that this year has gone by in a blink of an eye. I've spent this year was more spent in COVID and preparing for reopening yes. than I actually experienced as the gym was open and filled with people, which is so crazy to say for my first year was like, Oh, wow. Well, hey, you know what? Now you're prepared for anything and everything that happens. Absolutely. So, like, you know, anything that's thrown your way after this, you're going to be fine because this has been everything. How did you, because I did see on like your stories and stuff, like, did you have a lot of virtual and online stuff during COVID? We had, yeah, we were running, we started off having like three or four virtual classes a week uh, or a day throughout the week. Um, okay. 
and they ranged from like everything was body weight because you know we we most people don't have weights at home so yeah we did pretty much like a yoga class every day we would have either like a strength um that was like a hit body weight strength class um more calisthenics and then they did like a shadow boxing class they did a lot of zumba we have some really great zumba instructors um coming out of our Connecticut location. And so we were able to do a lot of that. And we're actually still doing Zoom classes and virtual classes amidst our current like outdoor class. Oh, good. And so, so, and then we'll, we'll be releasing um, a, like an online platform, uh, hopefully soon. We're in our testing phase right now. Um, exciting. Yeah, very exciting. So it's really, it, it, it was, it was a very like reflecting on March, was a very crazy time. Um, it, I mean, everybody has their own story of how did COVID affect you and like, how was your response to it? But mm-hmm. I mean, at the gym, it was, it was like, for me, everyone looked towards me and I had this microscope put over me and my department because I run oh the team and I run all of the operations. So it was like, Sarah, what are we doing and what are you going to do to make uh, everyone feel safe here? And, you know, when, when you have a gym that has almost 6,000 members, like, all right, I have a lot of people looking to me on how we're going to make them feel safe and, and figure it out. And so it was like, I became the COVID expert overnight. I had Oh my God. Um, but I mean, luckily we were already doing everything we kind of needed to be doing. It was just about, a, all right, let's just do it a hundred times better. Um, so we were already using the right products, hospital grade chemicals. Like I have a house oh, good. on site at all times, which not a lot of gyms can say. A lot of gyms hire a company that comes in at the end of the night and cleans the place where we have a housekeeping team there at all hours of the day. We have a, someone in the locker room. We have somebody on spread out in every area that's cleaning throughout the day. So we added like an, like a floater position to help in areas that are busier and then we kind of just refined our what we were doing and we did a retraining of everybody like and and really just instilled the importance of safety on yeah. our team and then people that weren't even a part of the housekeeping team i looked to every department and i was like guess what the <laughs> housekeeping team now because we need all hands on deck and um but then you know we ended up it, when the nba uh, decided to cancel their season and just not have games. And then it was like the NHL and we looked at each other and like nothing has been done in our state yet. And we looked at, at our executives. We all were like, no, we, we have to, we have to close. And yeah. we were the first gym to close. We closed before like Blasio um, made it a regulation um, so we were kind of like a leader in that, in that regard, but it was like, we can't have this be a, be an issue, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so you just, yeah, you have to, cause you didn't know what was going to happen. Like I remember when the NBA, like that last game, because I was at a college basketball game and it was the last event I shot before everything closed down. And I'm in like, you know, a media room with all these sports people. And they're like, the NBA just canceled the season. And we're like, what? <laughs> yeah, it was mind blowing when that happened. So, wow, good for you guys though for like you know being ahead of the curve 
and deciding to close because that's not easy. Like, I mean, it's a business first and foremost. So like, that's really hard. Um, yeah, we had no idea. I mean, we, we, we closed our doors without having any idea when we would be reopening. And that was like the, probably the scariest part, but we knew like safety trumped any, anything like, yeah. And Chelsea Piers is such a, such a, it's like the heart of the city. Um, there's so much that goes on there and, and people really look to us for leadership. So that was really important. Um, for us to make that decision. Wow. 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 Um, that's insane. I could not imagine. I mean, I was sitting over here like, well, I don't have sports to shoot. Let's see what I can do. Like, and I made it work. Well, I ended up selling scrapbooks. I ended up making and selling, uh, scrapbooks for seniors, um, for like to their parents or parents buying them. Um, I still have about nine I have to make because I ended up not doing them as much as I should. Because uh, I did end up taking time off. Everyone that knows me knows I don't break. I don't take a break. I don't slow down when I'm in season. Like everyone knows that. Like I have a game every day. I want to get the game up the next day. Like I am go, go, go. Yep. So once like sports stopped, I was like, okay, Aaron, let's stop. <laughs> let's take a break. You're never going to have this again. So like I did take advantage and, you know, uh, I actually stopped and slowed down for a second, which was really nice. Um, And then I had baseball in the summer, which was even better. So I was like back to that, like, go, go, go. But then because I think this helped me to slow down more, like to remind myself, like, it's okay to take a day. It's okay to take a couple days, you know, like this weekend, I'm actually driving to Portland and Boston and I'm going to just like walk around and take some photos. Yes. Boston. Good. No, absolutely. I th- I think what you're saying there too about just like kind of taking a step back and a breather and, and really realizing that, you know, it's yourself is really important. Um, mm-hmm. And to, like learn taking me time is, is really important. And, and that, and, you know, looking to the people you love too, and, and being like, Hey, like, let me check in on you. Um, oh, 100%. This was really important for us all. Like we, for me, I, I, I had, it was hard. I am not someone that likes to be alone. And <laughs> for me to be like nonstop all the time too, like I would go to work and mm-hmm. I want to have a social life or I'm like just doing X, Y, Z I have to do. Um, and just for it to kind of like come to a halt. And it was like, whoa. And, but really kind of, Made you look at yourself in the mirror and be like, what are my priorities? And, and how do I want to, who do I want to be as a person? Um, and, and really kind of let you focus on that and, and learn things about yourself that you maybe didn't know before. Um, and I think we all kind of came out of this a little stronger. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think loving ourselves maybe a little bit more. I know it's really hard on a lot of people. And I understand like, you know, I think mental health is very important. And I think this has taken a toll on everyone. Um, But I think because of that, we've had the time, if you have the time, and I know it's a privilege for some to have the time like I did to take off and to like, you know, because I live at home, I'm not paying for rent, I'm not paying for certain things. So I can take off, I can take that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can take advantage of that right now as I live at home. But I think it's very important for people to just take time for themselves and focus on themselves while they can. Um, and so that when we get back to whatever normal ends up being quote unquote, like, cause I don't think there's going to be ever a normal again. Like I think bars are going to change. I think all of this stuff is going to change. Um, but when we get back to somewhat of a regular 
schedule again type of thing, I think people will be better. I hope. I am not 100% guaranteeing that because there are still people out there that I'm like, they're never going to change. You know that. Yeah. But like it, I think with like us or, you know, people in our lives, I think you surround yourself with people that you, you know, gradiate towards. And I believe that it will only improve everyone. Um, yeah, like 100%. I just... It's tough. It's been tough. It's hard being alone. Like I'm not even alone. I'm in with my family, but like, come on, I'm living at home. Like, yeah. That's not the best situation. Yeah. You didn't have distractions anymore. You really had to be like, okay, all right. It's like, you know, once you go through every Netflix show, like you're really alone. <laughs> okay. I watched Parks and Rec for the third time this quarantine, basically. Like, I'm just come on. New Girl. New Girl is my repeat show. I, do, I am actually rewatching it right now at the moment. Um, it's a great show. Uh, I did rewatch Parks and Rec though during this quarantine. Um, anyway, but I do like that, and I, I like. I actually talked to both of my last guests about like mental health and stuff, and I think everyone that I talked to is on the same page with that. It's very important, and I think more people have to just be aware of themselves and take care of themselves first and foremost. Absolutely, I have this quote that sits in my apartment, and it says the house you live in or the words you speak become the house you live in. And and I, I might not have even like realized what that meant. And, and this quarantine really made me think about it because yeah, the house you live in is your head. Like, oh my God. <laughs> you live here in your thoughts, in your head, nobody else does. And so the words you speak to yourself, like you become that. If you're speaking um, negatively to yourself, like you become that negative uh-huh. outfluence too. And, but if you're speaking positively to yourself and you're reminding yourself of your affirmations and, and where you're going, you're going to constantly be that positive and, and reflective person. Um, and that, I mean, I have, I literally printed it and put it in a picture frame in my apartment because it's a, it's a reminder every day to, to speak well to yourself, like, it, what what you say to yourself projects on others and really sets the mood and sets out who you are as a person. Um, so I, I, yeah, I agree 100%. And I like, that's an amazing quote. Um, and I've never thought of it. I've never heard that quote and I've never thought of it before, but like, I've always, I think when I was in college, I wasn't as happy as I thought I was. And I think, yeah, you know, then, or even younger, say high school even, because high school is such a tough time. Like you're really figuring yourself out even more so in a different way than college. Um, and you're around people that you're just forced to be around because you're in high school. Like college, you kind of get to choose and stuff. Then when you get become an adult and you move out, you really are like, you have to find people. And that's not easy. Um, especially like me, I'm at my own business. I live, I work by myself. It's very hard to find people that like, you know, to hang out with or to talk to outside of my job. But when I was younger, you would kind of like be jealous or be annoyed by certain people and their thoughts. But you realize when you're older that it was your thoughts that you weren't happy with. And like, you're like, oh, shoot, I didn't like them because of something like I was jealous and I wanted to be like them. I'm like, damn. Yeah. And so therapy, therapy helps with that as well. (laughs) That's a great self-reflection. But I think everyone can do that. Like, I think everyone at times because now I look at people and I hear them like, I say this because now when I hear people complain, I think, okay, but the things you're complaining about, first of all, probably don't have like that much, like you're making them a bigger deal than they have to be. And secondly, like 
why is that annoying you? You know, like why? Cause I feel like there's more to it. Yeah. Um, and I work on this every day because I take so many things personally. I get so annoyed by things and I'm trying to realize like, okay, but why, you know, and I'm, you see my Instagram, my everything. I'm very positive. I want to put like positive things out there. And I think I do that more now because I've realized like all that I've gone through and all how sad I was because of like negativity and like being so comparison and what social media does. You compare, you see that and you're like, I want to be like that. I want to do that. But that's why I try to be as honest as I can. I post when I'm sad. I'm like, guys, I have not had a good week. Like this week sucks. But I'm trying, you know, I'm getting through it. Yeah. And and you for you, especially because you live on social media and you live in that, like putting people on the spotlight, taking pictures of them. And, and that's your job. So for you to to be positive on those platforms is you being your positive affirmations. Like that's you speak, you speak to yourself when you're doing that, you know, and you're, you're projecting that onto the world. And, and that's really important. Um, it's your own way of doing it, you know? And I think that's really special and unique and, and you found what works for you, which is important, you know? And, and yeah, and it's good to show the, that it's not all it's, you no, know, we don't all have great days every day. <laughs> like, God, no, that would be a boring life. If we can all find say. something positive about a day, even if it's a bad day, like there is something that good comes out of every day. And if, if you can find that, that's, that's self-growth. 100%. I'm like, I, I'm a huge advocate for just like being true to yourself, but also wanting to improve yourself. So like when I hear people complaining, I think now I think, and this is like, I used to be that person that complained about certain things or get so down on myself, but it's like you and uh, sometimes I th- start a thought and then I completely just go away from it and go to another one. I think being like happiness. I think too many people look for happiness in other things and in other people, but they need to find it in themselves. And that is the most cliched thing to say. But as somebody that went through like their first heartbreak two years ago and was all of their happiness was in that relationship, as you know, because we've talked about this before, like finding it in myself has been so rewarding. Like it's the best feeling because like, and yes, it's still in my stuff that I do. Most of my happiness is in my job because like, God, it makes me so happy. But I'm also yeah. finding it in just like this podcast. I This is a selfish podcast in the way that like I'm doing it for me, but to connect with you guys. You're like, But it's something that no matter if I get zero views or 100, sure. I'm still going to yeah. do it because it makes me happy. Like that's where I think like, I think it all starts with how you're looking totally. for happiness at the end of the day. I just got some Gary V vibes from that little uh, rant right there. Like, no, no, in the words of Gary V, followers don't matter. Do it because you love it. And, you know, the the right people are going to come and they're going to watch it and they're going to listen and they're going to be exactly. all about you. And that is most important. So, yes, keep freaking doing it. You're killing it. I love it. Love to see it. <laughs> Anyway, I didn't think we'd get into this topic, but I could talk about like, I love talking about mental health and like happiness and just like that stuff because it's important, like and more people need to be able to be open about it. Um, So especially and I mean, this is and I we're well, I really want to talk about your career and sports. But I mean, I also want to talk about you being a woman in sports. And I think that's another thing that like, it's tough. Like here, like, discuss here, we can discuss your career a little bit. But um also like kind of just being a woman in sports has that how has that impacted you even just um, as a person well for me it was challenging but it also felt natural 
I think because I have yeah. such a passion for it. I, I always looked for it even when it wasn't around. I didn't grow up in sports. My family never watched a sports game in my home. So for me to just like, it was in, it was in me and I was always seeking it no matter where it was. I didn't know. And I didn't know anything about major league teams, minor league teams. I didn't know anything about sports. I had to, what I did know was that I just loved being surrounded by it. And I loved playing sports and learning about it and being active and like the people that I was surrounded by. So then when it came time to like actually go to the next level, um, I found myself teaching myself. And this was another thing that made me switch to management was my first year yeah. in phys ed, my roommate, um, she was an avid Buffalo Bills fan, avid Sabres fan. Like she's from Dynamo. <laughs> Yeah, those damn Buffalo people, they are like, I don't even, there's no words for Buffalo fans. She, I I expressed interest in learning about these, like the game of football and like I'd watched it, but I never really knew about it. And she legitimately sat me down and we would watch games and she would teach me the game. And rubbed off oh on my me God. and I like once I started learning that actual games and I learned about professional sports I was like no 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 I need to be in sport business like and and I remember my sophomore year wow. of high school we did a volleyball trip to Boston and we played a bunch of teams there but like we got to tour the city and we did this like trip to Fenway Park and I'd never been to a, maybe like a stadium before and I was in Oh, like I cannot tell you how much I fell in love with it. And I sat in the press box and I was like, oh, one day. <laughs> I was like, one day I'm going to be here. I'm going to do something like this. I don't even know. And I started watching baseball and got really into it. And I fell in love with Mookie Betts. Like he's by far my favorite player. I'm so sad that he's in LA, but I'm so happy for him at the same time. I haven't even watched a Red Sox game this year because he's not <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I think I'm a little Red Sox fan for the past six years, but Mookie's not there. I don't even, I don't even want to hear. You're not. I mean, you're not the only one. There's other ones that are definitely just like fans yeah. of Mookie or fans of players. Like you're not alone in that. Um, I'm sure you could get more crap for it because you're a woman, and you're going to be like, well, you're just following a player. Okay, there's a oh, lot of men 100%. that just follow LeBron. So like, like that And they get so confused why I like Mookie, and I'm just like, he's an all around good player, like all around good player, all around good person. I'm like, and low key love the fact that he bowls really red. That is, and it's like it's yeah, and he loves it. He's good at like, like do that's you. Such- whatever makes me happy. <laughs> um, yes. Yes. I did not know that that's how you became a buff. I didn't know that's any, that's such an interesting story that that's how you fell into being a Boston fan and all of that. Because like we went to a Boston Yankees game together and I didn't know that's why. That's so funny. It's interesting because I've grown up with sports. Like that was my whole life. Like I was a Yankee fan since I was like five, you know, like since I was a kid. Um, So like that's been in me because of my dad. Um, And then I grew up and I, got my own teams kind of I more so just go to Chicago teams because my family he's from Chicago so my whole family are fans of them um so it's weird for me to think of like a family that didn't grow up it's weird doing that and so for me I like come from a different perspective of like people are confused that I don't have like favorite sports teams like I'm just like and I'm still like following and I follow the leagues and I don't the history of sports like so many people that grew up with sports 
know what the 2002 World Series was like. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I was not a part of that. Like, so the history is different, but I'm like current. I know current sports and I'm familiar with what's what's happening and, and, and I'm better with the games. I love the atmosphere, but it wasn't, it wasn't something I grew up with. So it was like, I had to kind of work 10 times harder. And in the sports world, you have to prove yourself already. So to like not know a hundred percent what was going on, but then also have to prove myself. It was interesting. My first class I took in sport management, um, since I switched like the summer before all the classes were filled. So they put me in sport marketing without the prerequisite. So I was in this class with all juniors and it was a small class. Cause it was like 8am on Tuesday, Thursdays. No one wanted the time slot. And it was, it was with professor Han, which I like pops it all off. Like he's super okay. strict professor, um, that, you know, people probably don't want to see at eight in the morning. <laughs> But I was like one of two girls in that class. And again, I was like the youngest person in there. I had no idea what was happening. But that class, like it, I remember it vividly and is the reason why I, who I am in sports and why I'm successful. Like we had a group project and we had to do like multiple um, topics throughout the year semester and so we had this group I had like three guys in my group and our first topic I don't remember what it was I think we I think we did I honestly think we wrote about um the National Women's Hockey League and and it was a really it was a really great topic but we got to three days before we were supposed to present whole papers written out like SWOT analysis everything like marketing related like how oh how we could market the National Women's Hockey League to get more viewership so Everything was done for this uh-huh. project. And we had this one guy who never showed up to anything. And we reached out to him. I never saw him. I couldn't even tell you what this guy looked like at all. He was just like his name was on our group. Never even heard of him. So three days before we were supposed to present, he reaches out to me and is like, hey, I see we have a project due for Professor Han's marketing class. Like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I was shook. I couldn't believe this guy reached out to me. I was like, it's been a month into the semester and you're like, have been MIA and now you're like, what, what, what do I need to do? And, and I responded to him and I CC'd Professor Han on the email and was like, I was like, we reached out to you on this day um, and we hadn't been heard back. So we carried on. We completed this project. There is nothing you can contribute. <laughs> now, were you working with the other women in the class? I was just with guys in this group. And, okay. and I was like, you're more than welcome to join at the presentation, but we will be speaking. <laughs> like, <and laughs> I came into the, the class the next day and Professor Ron like looked at me and was like, respect <laughs> like gave me like a head nod but no we didn't speak of it at all until the yeah. end of the semester and he was like I just want you to know that um we like me and a couple other professors talked about the situation that happened earlier this year and moving forward we're gonna like encourage students to fire their other group mates if they don't perform and I was like <laughs> I was like oh my god I can't believe 
<laughs> but it set the tone for like the rest of my time there. And like, I was like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm naturally a leader in like wherever I'm put. I don't know if that's a Virgo thing or just like me. As a... <laughs> but I take charge naturally of like whatever situation. And, and I was like, okay. And now I'm in a managerial position and I've been in situations where I've had to fire like staff or I've had to, you know, have tough conversations and I reflect on that like situation that, that happened sophomore year when I didn't know I just was standing up for like the rest of my teammates. And I knew it was right. And I wasn't going to be like walked all over by some random person and like put my foot down. And I was like, okay, like it was in me from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Good for you. I could never, I am the complete opposite. <laughs> I don't know. That's how we, I think that's why we get along because we're opposites in those ways. Yeah. We complement each other well. Um, that's amazing. And I love the fact that it was like, and I'm sure he was probably a junior. Like he was probably older yeah. and in the class, you know, because you had to be put in that class. Um, good for you, especially being a woman and one of the only and to like stand up for yourself. Um Cause it's just not hard. It's just not easy. Cause you easily could have had, and even the professor, like I give him a lot of credit too. And I don't want to say credit, actually, it should just be normal, but like, just to like, kind of give you like the support and be like, yeah, good job. Cause there could be easily men that be like, why yeah, are you like saying that? that? Like, that's not, right. that's not fair. Like, you know, like, who are you to say that? Yeah, totally. It could have gone the other way. And I wasn't even thinking about that. It wasn't something that I was afraid of or anything. And I think that's something that's kind of helped me in the field is I, I have like almost no fear. Like people have challenged me and that, I, that I've been a woman and I'm like, I'd kind of just shut them up. Like, no, like that's not, that's not important here. And like, that's not, there's bigger issues than like you challenging me in my position. And, and for me too, like, and now I, I took a different route. Like I'm in operations, which I learned, I had to learn like mechanical stuff, like HVAC plumbing I had to learn <laughs> I had to learn all this stuff that I don't act, like I didn't learn that in school I, I learned business and I learned strategy and how to project you know propel the business but I didn't learn about that stuff so when I took this role I was like I'm gonna need to learn and and I had a lot of people like judge me and and be like oh you're a woman like not only are you in sport, but now you have to learn all this like mechanical stuff, which you don't see women in that field. But to be, to be truthful, like there are tons of men that know nothing. Thank you. Those are the men that judge you you as a woman for knowing that stuff. So when I'm having a conversation and I hold my own, like when I'm like trying to get a quote for a project and I have to talk about electrical and plumbing and I know what things cost and I know what I need and, and people like, they're like, oh, they like kind of don't know how to respond. And and so it's like a little bit different, but same different industry, but like so similar. People don't expect a woman to like know that stuff and be com- confident. But then when you do, they, they have no reason to deny and like say less. And they're like, okay, fine. <laughs> and and like you said, it's not just in sports. And that's why like, this is about women in sports, but it's also about just being a woman in general, because like, I saw a tweet the other day about like, a woman going to get a car, like a man will try and overcharge a woman or mechanic going to a mechanic, like, because sometimes they don't know, but some men don't know sometimes too about their own car. But like, they won't overcharge a man because they're going to assume that they do know. And it's like, 
And I hate, I just had to bring this up because I thought about this earlier when we were talking about sports and how you don't know, like, you know, you came late into the game. I hate when men are like, oh, you like sports? Name the left fielder from the, come on, you don't know the left fielder from the 1990 Yankees or whatever. Like, come on, be realistic. Like, let us have a conversation about sports like you would with a guy and don't make it just because I'm a woman that I'm going to take, you know. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. It's so annoying. And some men are more sensitive. Men I'm sensitive, and some men are more sensitive. And, and that, that's another thing about mental health that we can get into. But you know, we we don't have to because we're talking about ladies right now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's so true, and it, it's sad that women have to prove themselves times ten times more in in that field. And and I think that's mm-hmm. what we need to like try and get away from is just like acceptance. Like if you're here, you're here. And, you know, what you bring to the table is what's most important. And, and I think we're, we are getting there, but there is a long road ahead. There is a whole long road ahead. Cause if you think about what's happened in the past month in yeah. women in sports, like Maria Taylor, Katie Nolan, and like all this drama and controversy from men in their own yeah. field towards them for like what they look like and saying, well, you only got it. Cause you're pretty. No, I got it. I done this because I'm in this position because I know that what I'm doing and like no it's and it's like oh it angers me this is what angers me when I think about these things because it's like Maria Taylor is one of the most like she's amazing at her job yes she's also very gorgeous but she's amazing Mm -hmm. at her job she knows sports she played sports like she played basketball like like, and the fact that people and making it about her appearance like like my oh, that gosh, the it's so, it is so, so frustrating to, to, to see that still happening and just know, like, it's just a reminder that you, you can't, you can't let up. You can't, you know, take a day off of it. No, oh, and what's sad about it is it comes from people in her yeah. industry. That's the part that pisses me off. Cause you know, Twitter going to be full of men that just are yeah. in, again, probably insecure about themselves. Mm-hmm don't have women in their lives that, you know, whatever, I don't know, or have been like denied by so many women and just think it's yeah. their, the women's fault, not their own. Um, they're always going to come after like, that's Twitter. That's on any topic. There's going to be trolls. There's going to be people, but the fact that in your own industry, these professionals yeah. quote unquote, again, are downing somebody for what they're wearing and, or how, you know, the, just their appearance in general, it's, it shows that we still have so far to go. Like, cause again, she also got a ton of support from men in her yeah. field and she got a ton of, you know, but, and I love seeing more like the women supporting women is just been amazing. Like you see that more and more. Cause it used to be like, I don't Maybe, know why women, know, like women jealousy. Down, I'm not sure like, what it was, but yeah, I like, we totally yeah. need to be uplifting each other and just supporting success and encourage because that's how we're going to propel. That's how that glass ceiling is going to be shattered is by us lifting each other up and just shutting people down yeah. altogether because you can, you can silence somebody with one voice, but you can silence them a, a lot better with more than that, with more hundred voices. Exactly. And like, and with your actions, like what you do, like if, if you're, consistently good in your field, you're going to make it, you know, and people will notice and they will hire you and they will propel you to be where you want to be. I am very fortunate. I've had such supportive people in my life, like whether it be, you know, coaches that have hired me, whatever, like I work with a lot of men 
Are you kidding? Like the photography field in general is filled with men. There are not a lot of women and sports photography is such a niche community anyway, that it's very male dominated. I'm, I'm also fortunate because I haven't worked within like a lot of the newspapers and, you know, those big companies. So I haven't dealt with a lot of things that I know mm-hmm. what like female, yeah. you know, women photographers have dealt with like very unfortunately. Um, but I'm not, uh, I'm not unaware of what's going on. Like, I, I, even though I've been very fortunate, I know that there are situations where yeah. it's like, we still And that's the biggest thing is being aware of what's happening so that you can respond if it ever does. Being prepared to respond is, is important, you know? Yeah, I've won. Um, I was, I got to shoot the national championship for Notre Dame ice hockey. I got to shoot it for women's basketball too. Um, but I got to shoot it for ice hockey. And I was at the photo or no, I was shooting through the glass. Mm-hmm. So there's like photo holes for ice hockey, but then they also have spots where like you can just shoot on the glass because it's obviously a national championship. So there's a lot of photographers there for a lot of different yep. agencies or, you know, newspapers or the, or the school. And Notre Dame did not play well. They really, they got, they, they got, yeah, <laughs> oh, man, it was not great. And, oh, it was so bad. I think it was North Dakota, uh, or I, yeah, they're very, very good. Oh no, Minnesota Duluth. That's who it was. It was Minnesota Duluth. Who's very good. I think they won back to back. Like they won that year and then they won the following year. They're very good in hockey. And I was around these like guys, like right behind me or next to me kind of like, and I knew a few of them were drunk and I was taking photos of obviously Notre Dame and I have Notre Dame stuff yeah. on because I always would wear Notre Dame things. And I was taking photos of just the guy like kind of standing there, like getting ready to either take the draw or write like the people off the side of the draw. So not the person taking it. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, just take a photo of someone standing there, like just like giving me crap for just taking that photo. And I wanted and I didn't say anything. And then he kept saying, oh, take photos of Minnesota Duluth. They're winning stuff like that. Little comments. And it bothered me, first of all, because I'm like, shut up. Like, just let me do my job. And secondly, I would have loved to know if he would have said the same thing to a man if he was standing there. Like, I want to know because sometimes you just don't know. I'm like, I don't think you would have said this if I was a guy, you know, and it's just it's so and it's like I again, I'm very fortunate. Sometimes I'm also oblivious. and I kind of just keep walking and just like I ignore things like it does. And I'm very lucky sometimes in that way that I haven't had that many situations that like I could talk about where, you know, I've been degraded or anything like that, but I'm still scared. Like I'm still a woman in, in a very male dominated industry that I still get nervous and I have anxiety being in big social situations mm-hmm. where like, I don't know a lot of people anyway. So then it's heightened when I'm the, one of the few women and you have no idea what those men are thinking. But then I have another great story about that same exact experience. And there's obviously tons of men in the media room and this guy from one of like you know probably associated press or someone like a bigger company came over to me and was like oh what photo are you gonna send to the person you know and it was after they won against michigan so it was the game before and i've i got one of the best photos of my entire career that you probably have seen where the notre dame guys are celebrating in the bench and the michigan guys in front of him kneeling down but i and i showed him one of them he goes oh yeah that's a great shot like that's a good one to send yeah and that was like such a cool moment because like you know it didn't matter if i was a you know woman or if i was a man or anything it was just like your photographer like let me see the photo and that's what it should be it should be your photographer and like we're in the same field and or I'm just appreciating you and your work and like, I want you to succeed. And I, and what you do, I want to learn from too. Like we're all learning from each other. Um, so I think that's a, that's a great story. And, and it's a great point that should be, that should be what the narrative is and the conversation that we're having more often um, rather than having to deal with, you know, jerks out there. <laughs> 
but it's true. And and I totally agree. I, you know, another, another very, that kind of came to my mind just now, but I'll ha- I'll talk to guys. And one of the bigger issues I face is that it's also being a woman, but also being a young woman. And I don't know if you face this, but people do it together. They're like, oh, you're so like, you're a beautiful young woman. Like, oh, and you're in this position, like that's so unexpected. Um, And then they like ask you your age. And then I'll get this response of, Oh, but like you're not married, or you're not this, or you're not like there's not a there's not an important man in your life, and or and I'm like, what? <laughs> and they're like, they're like, oh, you're successful because you don't have like a man in your life, and I'm like, uh, how did we get to like congratulations on your position to like, oh, but like you must have a problem because you don't have like this guy, and I'm like, what? <laughs> and that's so crazy because that right there shows me so much insecurity in a male that they can't have a woman that's strong and like independent in their life. Um, it's so crazy. 100%. And I, and I, and I always get um, like kind of some feedback or response of like, Oh, well, why don't you have a man in your life? And, or, or what? And I, but I talked, I've like been so close to dating guys and I could legitimately tell that they are insecure about my position and and that I'm successful and that I'm going to be even more successful. And they're like, it scares them that, that I might be more successful than them. And that's so crazy to me. Like, why is that the world we live in? And I think that's a whole nother layer that's going to get peeled. And, and it's like that insecurity, like guys think that they want a strong independent woman, but then when it comes down, they don't, it Mm. scares them. They want somebody that, they can have on their right arm and like just be at home and teach the kids. Like it's so that's like conditioned in our Uh society. Um, 100%. And I mean, like with everything going on with systemic racism and all that, that's why I also wanted to talk about like women in sports because there's a system in place that like is supposed to put you down. And so, so like you're supposed to be this way, you're supposed to be that way. And that's just not true. I think I don't like I'm okay again I'm very oblivious to things first of all secondly first of all I'm gay so like men no thank you secondly I dress more like a guy so if guys are hitting on me first of all why I mean hello and second of all I'm probably oblivious and like I I don't it doesn't happen very often that I'm so like caught off guard if any of it does like I'm just like what what What? I don't I don't I don't compute what's going on you know like (laughs) But, but it's also like when we, when guys talk to me and we talk about sports, if I know something, they're like shocked. And it, it's like, that's, it's like, but I can know, I can know what you know. It's okay. Like, you know, like they don't, they think they also think they want someone that likes sports, but then when Maybe someone does like, oh, yeah. wait, no, you can't know more than me. Right. And it's like, it's the same kind of thing. Again, they want someone that like, they want a certain type of person, but they only want it in their type of way, not in the type of way that it actually is. Um, so again, it doesn't happen to me very often because I don't talk to men very often. Uh, but when it does, they do ask about the age and they do like comment about like, oh, wow, you're so, you know, you'll do this or that. Or also like I'm starting a business or I have a business. I hate to say, I keep saying starting. I have a business. I've had it for two years now. And it's successful. Um, and even then, like 
you can get little comments from men saying like, oh, well, are you going to apply for these jobs? Or are you going to like, when Maybe are you going to stuff like that? And I also, I also like, I also get comments too about like uh, uh, hiring somebody, which is great. And I do understand that, but people still offer like, oh, you should do this or that. And like, I get, you know, kind of people telling me how to run my business. And I'm like, yeah, no, sorry. That's uh, that's great. I appreciate the enthusiasm you have for me in my business, but I'm going to operate it how I want to. Exactly. And I'm like, I have to remind myself again with like the mental health, like I have to remind myself I'm doing something that no one else is doing. Cause I mean, like you kind of know what I'm doing. There's not many people that do what I do. Cause I offer to schools and to their parents. I'm not just like this big, huge thing. And yeah, I get photos of everyone. And like, I, I put the time to edit them. I put, you know, like I'm really doing something very unique. Um, and I, again, I'm very fortunate. I have great support around me. Like being a woman has not really held me back, but you do get little comments from men being like, oh, that's a big camera. Like that's as big as you. Shut up. First of all, the lens, not a You're camera. Like, the lens back is straight. Like <laughs> chases me off every time. It's you always take a guy. picture of those people and make like a... Uh... A shame wall or shame board. It just, I don't know. And I guess I do know why it bothers me because it is a man usually that says it. And it's just like, why? Like, yes, it's a camera. Like, it's my camera. I'm the one using it. (laughs) I I don't know. I just, it's like those little things that keep it to yourself. I agree. Like, I think that's so simple is like, just keep it to yourself. And and I think that could be said for so many comments that are made. And my guys have the audacity because. Wait, sorry, wait, you could end that sentence right there. Guys have the audacity. <laughs> like, yeah, and it. it's just not okay. It's not accepted. Like my years living in New York has made me a little tougher, but truthfully, like it blows my mind. Like what people will say to you on the street, like what people say to you, like mm-hmm. knowing you, whether they do or not, like if they feel an inkling of being comfortable, they'll say the craziest things. And you're like, that is completely inappropriate. Like you cannot just, I don't know you. Why are you talking about my appearance? Like, why are you calling me sexy? And I am not like approving this. Like, I do not like this. Or like, it's just so uncomfortable. And I remember I had this random guy cat calling me on the street one day. And I was like, in my work clothes, I swear I was like, in like, gym clothes. And I look at this guy. And normally I just like walk by and yeah. like, yeah, whatever. I like ignore it. I looked at him and I was like, He's in his full work uniform. Like, I think he was in a FedEx uniform. And and I was like, seriously, dude? Like, just do your job. Like, keep it to yourself. Like, you do not have to tell me what the heck you're thinking right now. Like, I don't care. You know, I'm not walking around the street telling a guy, ooh, those jeans make your butt look good. Like, I don't care. I'll, maybe I'll think it, but, like, I'm not going to say it. And guys just think, like, that's what girls want. And it's or, – or they just, like, get, like – I don't even know it jazzes them up in some way. That's just not cool. It's not appropriate. Like I just want to get to a point where just keep those sexist thoughts to yourself. (laughs) Exactly. And I think that's the thing is I think men do think because of uh, like how it's been very patriarchal, like society that they think they, everyone wants to hear what they have to say when that's (laughs) not the case. Like you can just be quiet unless people, and someone asks you until someone asks you what your opinion is just be quiet, please. Like, just stop. Stop right now. You know, um, it's fun. like, this is random, but I, on my Instagram, I'm a very positive person on Instagram, like we said before. But even the comments, like, I don't want people 
talking bad, even if it's a joke on my Instagram, because it is a positive. I like to spread happy things. Even if it's a joke, I've literally deleted a comment that it was from a kid. I don't even know. He doesn't even follow me. Someone that was tagged in it, they follow each other. And he made a comment and said something. I was like, nope, we're going to delete this. You didn't need to say that. That was not relevant to the pictures. Not, you know, the only time I allow it, if I know the joke, because I know the kids, because I know a few of them I get close with. But other than that, like, I don't want people commenting, even a joke. I understand that maybe that makes me sensitive, especially because I'm a woman. And it's like, oh, you can't take a joke. It's like, no, I just want the whole vibe of my page and what my comment section to be is positivity. Like, I just want to be a good place. There's no reason that everything has to turn into an insult or a joke. Like, learn how to just be with each other. Like, learn how to keep your mouth shut. And it's usually guys making the jokes at their friends. Hmm. And, you know, it's just like, just stop for a second. Like, there is that toxicity, toxic relationships that men have with each other too. And like, you know, they, they think they have to be mm-hmm. a certain way. And, and it's really tough because you're working with a lot of youth programs and they grow up and they think that they have to um, kind of prove themselves. And they do that by insulting other people. And then they like think that this is okay. And, and it kind of develops them into that, in there in as as grown adults and i think that I, again it all starts with education and youth and and we'll talk about mental health but but youth do not have the resources for mental health that like it it true i truthfully think mental health is like it's been everyone knows that it's something that's important but it's not as like an open space like it's still kind of shunned and it's there's athletes that have spoken up about it. And I think that that has been a really great light and people are like, Oh, okay. It's not just me. And I, and I know personally friends that have started going to therapy that would never, they would before used to like put it down be like, oh, I'm not going to shrink. But now they're like, wow, therapy is actually really beneficial. It's not just like, it, it doesn't mean you have a problem. <laughs> Yes, 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 exactly. Because that's the thing is I've gone to therapy a few times. First, when I was like going through my breakup, then again, when I went through my second breakup. And then now I don't have a relationship. I was like, I need to do this for me. And what my therapist said, which is so funny, because I think she might be listening to these. I've told her about my podcast. She's like, I'll listen to it. I've talked about her three times. I talked about therapy in three of my episodes now. So uh And I have it tonight. So I actually am going to tell her, I'm like, you got to listen to these because I talk about therapy in every single one. And no. So what she said was like, because what happens with me is I get into such a good place because I am a happy person. I have so much to be happy about, but there's so much emotion that I've been suppressed because people have always told me I'm too emotional. They tell me to stop crying, which never helps. Stop saying that. Anyone that's listening, never tell someone that's crying to stop crying. It is the last thing they want to hear. Just let them feel their emotions. Ask them why. And if they don't know, let them just be there and cry. Trust me on that. And this is from somebody that cries. I do. I've done it. Anyway, but then I get into a good place and I'm like, well, I don't need therapy anymore. Uh, no, you have 26 years of trauma that you don't like that you have inside of you that you need to get out. Like, I'm like, ah, you're right. Okay. I got to <laughs> stay on it, you know? And so, yeah, that's why like therapy, no. you don't have to have something wrong with you. Like you would look at me and think she's not going to therapy. She's in such a good place. man. And honestly, like I have never been a therapy, but I would love to go. And I, I think it is so mm-hmm. beneficial. All my friends that, that go to therapy, I'm like, supporting them in every way. I want 
to create a safe space for all of my friends that they can come to me and talk about stuff and like just mm-hmm. know my lips are sealed and like I'm there for you like I'm an open book and I want them to be better um and it's it's so it's so real though and you know what like I love talking about mental health and I want to I, I kind of that's like kind of where I'm going like what we were just talking about with youth and that it's like not it's not there like it's not for them is kind of like what yeah. I'm, I'm what I'm working on and that's what the future is like that's I've, I've had this dream that I want to have a youth pro- program and volleyball specifically but I really think it, it'll be bigger than that and the way I want it is to be a youth a holistic youth program that has experts and that, that are mm-hmm. mental health experts nutritional experts available to these athletes because my biggest struggle as an athlete was like once I stopped playing sports, I didn't know what to do with myself. Like I did not know what to think. I did not know how to act. It was like so ingrained in me that I didn't know, like I kind of like, I had gone through other experiences that prepared me for the real world, but so many kids don't. And and it's like, it's traumatic when you stop playing sports and you don't know what the next step is because it's so ingrained Mm -hmm. in you. And you've never really like been given the opportunity to, know more about yourself other than that athlete part of you. 100%. And I think like you said, so I obviously work with youth and I think that's why I do everything I do is for the kids. I say that all the time. And I think anyone that knows me knows that's the truth. I'm not bullshitting anyone when I say that. Um, And that's why I'm so open because I want these kids to know I'm going through it. Like you see me smiling happy, but I also have bad days. It is okay to have a bad day. And I'm friends with one of the kids. He's going into college now this year. He's going to be playing baseball and stuff. And I've gotten very close with him. And I'm like, a, I, I call myself an older sister of all of the kids that I work with. Cause I am, I'm an, op- I'm, for, I'm here for them in any way they need. That's appropriate. Like I don't push any boundaries. It's whatever they feel comfortable with, but they know that I'm here more than just a photographer. Like I'm not just a photographer. And this kid, he's like, he goes like, he, he's close with his teammates, but it's not the same as his teammates. You know, like that's just not his vibe. Like, you know, they're more of like, they are all really close friends. You know, they go out and they party type of like vibe type of thing. That was never me. That was never me. Like I went to Cortland. It, they, you party at Cortland. That was not, (laughs) she's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, But that was never my vibe. It just wasn't. And I was okay with that. And I, and this kid like has said a few times, like, he goes, I just want to find more people. And he's like, honestly, like you. And I was like, oh, I go, kid, I'm 26. I'm still trying to find people like you, like, you know, and you're 18. So just know, like, exa- right. That was my reaction. I'm like, my heart, like my yeah, my heart. Are you kidding? And so um, I think that's a great, like, I love that you want to do that. Cause that's just, that's the vibe I try to send to these kids. Like I try to be very yeah. like, first of all, I'm here for you. I'm like, because what the mom of that kid told me too, was like, he sees you as like someone to confide in. And that is very going to be, he can trust you. You're not going to say anything. You speak your mind, you know, like I'm very, and I had another kid too tell me like, yeah. I, she goes, you listen, you know, she, she was literally, she literally told me, she goes, I feel like people don't listen to me. And I feel like I'm not listened to, but you yeah. listen and you also speak your mind. And I'm like, Oh my yeah. God, I'm literally just being me. But I think I've been pushed back because of my emotions. I never want someone to feel that way. I want them to feel like they can express themselves. Be open. It's okay. You're stronger, not weaker for that. Yes, you are stronger for it, not weaker. And I think that that needs to be like 
instilled in youth. And like, there's probably a ton of kids on that team that might feel the same way that guy does, but they aren't self-aware because they're like feeling pressure to confide in whatever the other kids are doing. And it, it won't hit them until later mm-hmm. when they're on their own that they're like, wow, like that's not even who I was like. And then same thing that you and I have dealt with is like, you're dealing with these thoughts now that you had when you were a kid. And then you're like, wait a second, like, that's not actually how I felt. Is that like, or, but you're just conforming. And, and, and for youth, like your, your brain develops, you know, a 12 year old's brain is so different than a 16 year old's brain, but yet so many coaches and so many parents treat them the same. And you can't treat a 12 year old the same way you treat a 16 year old because they have different, they're in a different place. And 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 mm-hmm. I've known so many coaches that think it's like a one size fits all coaching program um, with different with different age levels, but it's not. And you have to take care of these athletes and like provide them the, the availability to grow and develop into who they are and know that like you can't yell at kids like you or you might you might be able to yell at one kid, but you can't. Like they're different. That's what I was going to say. So I've had coaches that treat every single person on the team the same. And it's like, that's why you're unsuccessful. Or like, that's why this team hates you. Or they're just like completely like they don't know how to feel because that's working for one athlete and it's not working for five. And, and I've also like seen so many of my volleyball friends and non-volleyball friends go through other traumatic experiences like nutrition and this is why I want to focus on nutrition too, is like, I had friends that were put on diet programs that were like, okay, like we're going to try and make you skinny. And you're like, wait, I'm practicing four times a week and I have games and you're trying to make me eat salads. Like these kids, these, these kids that aren't fully developed yet think that it's all about their parents when it's truly like your diet out of the season is different than your diet in season because when you're competing and you're practicing, you need to be feeling your body. And, and so I like to, to know that like there's coaches out there and that like force this down, like these, these athletes in these heads that like, this is how you should be when it's really not is like, it terrifies me because like the next generation isn't going to be better for that. And so that's why I want like this holistic program that really focuses on the growth of an athlete and like provides them that space. It's so, it's so important because that's how we're going to have the next like really successful and and a generation that kind of is confident and knows what they're getting in there, getting themselves into. One, oh my God. I couldn't agree with you more. Cause I was going to say that about like, you can't coach everyone the same. And I get that. Like you can have a coaching style and it can be, you know, you can coach certain, like, in the same way, but then you have to interact with certain people in a certain way. I was very emotional as a kid, still am. I take things personally. Why? I really don't know. It's, it's been ingrained in me. And like, I didn't, my parents didn't know how to deal with it. And I, that's Mm -hmm. parents are people. They're still, they're figuring it out. Just like we are. You realize that as you get older, but they didn't know how to deal with somebody that was like me. So they kept saying like, you know, not push it down, but I think deep down I had to because of, the situations I was in, but 
if people had just let me feel my emotions a little bit more and had talked to me in a certain way, I would have been able to like, you know, I could have been more successful in certain things because I love sports, but I wasn't good at taking criticism. I still am not because I didn't deal with it at a younger age. I was like very bad when people told me I did something wrong Uh because I felt like I disappointed them. That's again, it's like we're getting to therapy here. There's a whole thing, you know, I, you know, I, I I feel so strongly and I don't want to disappoint people. So I think that's where a lot of my like, thoughts came from um so yeah I just you can't coach everyone the same and I wish more coaches knew that you know I've been around a few coaches that are good but I've been around some that I'm just like you're a great coach you know the game so well but if you just learned how to communicate with certain players differently you would impact them in such a way that's so beneficial like it's insane. Sometimes you're going to get yelled at. Every coach, every coach is going to yeah. yell at you at some point. That's okay. You know, I wouldn't take that well, but I, I knew it was okay. Like I knew I wasn't, it's really crazy. That's what I'm working on is confidence. Cause it's the whole thing of like, I understand and can tell myself that that's okay, but then react. <laughs> yeah. You're like, way. I'm just faking this confidence right now. <laughs> But like, I actually know that it's okay. But then I'm like, I can't actually do it. It's the craziest thing. But I'm 26. So it's been ingrained yeah. in me. So I have to relearn. It's and a like, thing. And, oh, and it's a whole I, thing. I, I, um, quarantine taught me that there's a, such of a thing that I'm still learning about of reparenting yourself. And I am like yeah. mind blown by this process. And I'm like, uh, I'm still learning about it as it is. I, I can't get too much into it because I don't know a ton. But just discovering that it's a thing, like you can yeah. do it, has been transformative for me. And just like I have become a stronger person. I'm growing in my own way. And I'm like, wow, I cannot believe it. And that like everyone faces it. And I think the, the best part is now being as an adult looking back is that we all were going through, we all have trauma <laughs> from our youth that we're now dealing with. And it's, and it's, and it's all different. Like it's, it's uh, some were really, really traumatic and some weren't, but every, it, it all impacted yeah, you and absolutely. that's what matters. But no, I, I, I think that if, if this generation realizes that the words we speak to our youth impacts them and what they're going to be in the future, we are going to be in a whole lot better place. And if we can provide safe spaces and understand that mental health it, at, in youth is like very, very important, um, then I think our, 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 the next generation is going to be top notch. Yeah, I agree 100%. And that's why I am the way that I am. And that's why I love working with youth. And I think I've always like, I think I've always been myself. I've always been 100% myself. And if that is all that I teach these kids to be is 100% themselves, then I'm doing the smallest part, you know. Um, and like I said, those little comments that those kids, that those athletes mm-hmm. have made to me, and these are high school athletes, mm-hmm. that that's what I'm doing it for. That's why I do what I do, you know. And that's why it's like when people are like, well, don't you want to work with professional athletes? Don't you want to capture yeah, I mean, like LeBron cool, James? I'm like, you're you're doing a bigger, bigger picture. He's, he has photographers. He has so many people that are capturing them because you have to for newspapers and for all these outlets. These kids don't have that. I make them feel so special. I show up to a game and they're like, Aaron's here. EDL's here. Oh my God. Like, and that's the coolest thing for me. And it also makes me feel so cool. So like we go back and forth and it's a great feeling. Yeah. Why would I want to do anything else? Um, but yeah, I just, I want them to know. And that's why, and I think I've, I've actually talked to uh, athletes before and asked them like, what's different about me than other photographers? And they're like, you care. 
He goes, they're like, you don't just come to shoot. Like you're there and we know that there's someone behind the camera that cares about us more than just yeah, like, and I'm and I think like you, thank you. Yeah. You that's, were there actually taking it. pictures of more than the game too. Um, we had some photographers at Cortland mm-hmm. and I had some photographers in high school too that would be there. They'd snap a couple pics and they would leave. And those pictures were terrible. And you could literally tell that they did not care about what was actually happening. They were just there because they had a contract. And, um, and, but that's why everyone loved your pictures because there was so much more like passion in the photo. And, and some of the pictures that I sent you for my perfect segue perfect so the segue pictures I sent you doing. that are my favorite from school are the ones that aren't exactly action shots 90% of what people usually like and what I like yeah. are celebration. celebration and just like the moments between Always. because for for truthfully like when I look back at school yes I remember like the really great games and the really great sport moments but I remember the people I played with I remember the how much fun we had on the court together or how like us crying in the locker room together or the trips that we went on, like my Boston trip and what the other stuff I got from that trip, but I wouldn't have ever had that experience if I wasn't on a volleyball team or in college, we went to Texas and like had really great memories. Like those are the sport moments that like last a lifetime because they're the, they're the friendships they're the relationships that go beyond. So the moments that you capture between the actual action are so much more because there is like the love of my teammates in those photos. And that's exactly what I want to do. Like literally what you're saying is exactly I what love I want to do. I love it. I, I think first, so I sent you four pictures of took of me in college. Um, yeah. My, the one of me right before I served, that's probably my favorite solo shot. Yeah. That's, that's so interesting. I went through your Instagram too. Cause I wanted to see what, uh, posted and it's so interesting. I, I need to know why. That's my favorite shot because for me, my serve is like my, and I think any volleyball player can, can say this. It's your moment on the court. Like it's you, it's you and the ball. That's it. You know, every other part of volleyball mm-hmm. is a team aspect, but your serve is you and that ball and you you better get to know it and that's a moment that you have to be completely zen and i'm going to interrupt you i actually remember this kind of because i remember this game and i remember taking photos of all of you guys serving from this exact position and i remember thinking because when i my photography has progressed i would hope i was taking photos for 10 years i'd hope it's been getting better but like before I would just focus on the action and I would still get celebrations. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't, I didn't capture these moments as much. And then more and more, I realized those are the moments that people like more. It's the stationary, just like it might be a pitcher right before the pitch. It might be a catcher right before he gets the ball. It's those little moments. It's the short, I keep using baseball because I shoot it so much. It's the, it's the shortstop before he gets, you know, those moments. And that's, I'm looking at this now and it's like, the concentration on your face, you know, like it's, it's you, it's you in the ball, just like you said. And I pride myself in now capturing those more and more yeah, because that's really absolutely. what athletes And that's want. where I reflect too. Cause you're like, you re- you look at that picture and you're like, oh yeah, like that is a memorable experience because I know what it's like to go back and serve. And I know what it's like to, to get back there and completely focus on what I'm doing in that moment, like canceling out the noise um, canceling out whatever is happening and it's just me and the game 
in that moment. And so I love that picture. That's by far my favorite. I have a couple action shots that I really like, but by far my favorite solo picture is is that one right before I, I'm serving the ball. That's so interesting. And this is why I love doing this. Cause like, I don't want to choose photos. I'd rather you guys. Cause like, I want to see what yeah. you like. I, I know what I like, you know, um, yeah. can we talk about the one where Amanda's going like this? That oh my gosh. So there's so much. One, the one with Amanda with her arms up kind of, she's like, she's like, yeah, yeah whatever. I like, can legitimately me and Amanda had such a great time playing volleyball together. Um, she's my best friend, but I can imagine that's me like asking her if she wants to run a trick play or if she like maybe even just cracking a joke about so what somebody's wearing in the stands. I don't even know. But that moment was just like we were having fun in that moment. She's laughing or she's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like we can run a slide or like we can do this. Whatever you want. <laughs> it's like those moments at the net were by far like the best because it's like very short amount of time. But it's like we're having fun. It's a serious moment at the same time, or like we're kind of just like getting into the game. And <laughs> that picture, I think, is just so funny because I think it sums up mine and Amanda's relationship. And um, so like me just saying something to her, and her just like her her like pure reaction. <laughs> Shoulders out, hands out. I don't know, like. You know, oh, that's hilarious. I didn't even realize I got that. That's so funny. other, And I also love, like, I think Courtney and Janine are in that picture, too. Um, and Yeah, Courtney's face and Janine's no, face in it is not the best. Too. It's like the four of us are there at the net, and, like, we're all having our moment. If four of us were at the net, then I was in the back row at that time. So I had three hitters. So I was definitely probably running a three play or something. And, mm. um and and then the other one is also four of us up there and I think it's like Deja Courtney and Janine so and again mm-hmm. like we were just having a good time together all smiling <laughs> like I mean, yeah no those are those are like my best friends and like that I played with and for us to be playing together was was a blast you know whether you know we were we winning or losing like we were still like working hard together and whatever we were doing, we were in it together. And that's all that mattered. And I think those moments were, were captured really well. Um, and then the last picture I sent you is a, is a celebratory reaction yeah. shot, which I have on my, as my laptop um, screensaver or background, whatever. And it's been that for years. Mm-hmm. I love that picture because one, we must've just got the point cause we're all cheering and like happy and mm-hmm. I think I love it even more because it's taken on the other side of the net. Did I take this? Yeah, Are you, you 100% picture. sure I took this? Okay. I, cause I, the reason I say that is because I yeah. rarely took photos on the other side of the net. When, especially during your time, I like did it more when I was at Notre Dame and like stuff. Yeah. That's so that's the so only picture that I remember ever being on the other side of the net. And I think it's such a cool shot. Um, but that picture, I love that it's on the other side of the net is because it's one different than everything else we ever had. And two, like it kind of made you feel like you were in the stands, like looking at it, like you're seeing this or you're on the other team. And it's just a totally different perspective that yeah. you don't get. And, and you're watching this team celebrate yeah. um, from the other side of the net. And it's, it's just so real and so cool. And, and it's, and, and for me, like the, like I'm kind of the highlighted person in the photo. <laughs> 
so it's yeah no well you're screaming and you see you so more than anyone it works out for me. <laughs> um but it was like again we're the team's coming together in a really special moment and um and I just think that it offers a really different perspective which I, I loved about it from that taken with like the net in it I still like I'm looking at it and I'm still very confused if I took this I know you said I do but I have I have skeptical about it. Either way, I'll talk about it because it's a great photo. I, it's a very skeptical, um, which is okay. That's fine. I got a lot of other. If I didn't take that one, I got a lot of other ones that I love about you and and your team. I love volleyball. It's, it's volleyball. You're screaming every single play that you win a point. And um, hello, it's what I love to capture: is screaming athletes. <laughs> like, um. Oh, that's, that's so funny. I'm literally like, hmm, did I take this one? Whatever. doesn't matter. It, if I did or didn't, it's a great photo. Uh, we have. We've been talking for an hour and 15 minutes. It's been a while that's since crazy. we chatted. I know. We, we might have to get off soon and like just talk on our own without the recording because um, we really have not talked in a while. I don't know if I really have any questions. Those are great photos, and I will use those when I share the podcast in two weeks. It'll come out on Thursday. Um, I... I feel like these podcasts are turning into a mental health talk every time now, which I am loving. I should do that instead. I should talk about these athletes and talk about their mental health. Cause that, cause that relates to, I think the reason it, it comes up is because it relates to whether you're black in sports or a person of color and you have like things that you've dealt with, or if you're a woman in sports or just athletes in general, I'm not saying that white athletes don't deal with it. I'm just trying to give more of the minority that don't get yeah, the voices as much that voice. Um, but I think it, if mental health is important and I don't, you know, it doesn't get talked about, but yeah. yeah. Wow. I love that conversation. That was, oh my God. Um, if, well now I don't know. So I have a Twitter. Twitter. I never I use Instagram. it, um, but I have it. It exists. I'm really bad about it. Um, <laughs> It's so funny. I think our generation used to use it a lot and then it kind of fell off. And then like, unless you like have a job in sports or like in media more like, yeah. like uses it, then you use it, you know? Um, cause yeah, no, the reason I say this is cause I ask each guest, um, if they want people to follow them on social media, you guys, you can give your social media. Yeah, handles yeah, out yeah totally. Don't. I don't mind. I have, I have public accounts. Um, uh, my Instagram is S fella, S F E L L A A. And that is because um, my middle name is Felicita. So thank you. Cause I had no idea yeah, why that was I actually name. used to be my first and last name and then I changed it. I don't know, in high school or something in college to S fella, just cause I wanted to be shorter. And like, I, my grandma, we call her grandma fella cause her name is Felicita. And so I always was like, I don't know, S fella, S for Sarah and, and fella for my middle names, like nickname. And that's actually why I put my middle name on my Instagram because it's like people don't understand it until maybe they see my middle name. We're like, oh, okay. Like that's again, oblivious right over my head. Literally, I'm glad you said something because I always yeah. was curious. Why is that her name? Why? Because always when I look your name up, I'm like, it's S something. And then I just type Sarah in and then I get it. But yeah. like, I'm like S, what is it? That's hilarious. Oh, well, they can uh, follow you on there. But thanks for, uh, we'll talk a little bit after this. So don't go anywhere. But thanks for coming on and talking. That was a great conversation. Great. Thanks so much for having me. Always a pleasure, Erin. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to another episode of Behind the Lens with EDL. I hope you all had as good of a time listening as I did talking to Sarah. Um, And I hope you took something away from it. I hope that maybe you'll talk about mental health with your friends more. Or maybe if you're a man and, you know, you know a lot of women in your life, uh, you can treat them a little bit differently. Um, Maybe this gives you a bit of an insight of how it is for women in sport and sometimes just in regular life. Um, But again, I really did have a good time. So thanks, Sarah, for coming on. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you uh, come back and listen next week. And if you want to follow me on any social media and see the photos that I'm capturing, uh, everything is at EDL Photography for Twitter or Instagram. So uh, join me over there and see what I'm up to. But thanks again, and uh, I'll see you next week.